Welcome to episode 77 of The Night Shift. My name is Mike Stubbs. Kyle Grimard remains away just for a little bit longer. We've got a lot to get to. Three games in three days. London Knights head coach Dale Hunter is one win away from second overall in the all-time coaching wins list. His winning percentage remains off the charts. Dale Hunter could tie the late Burt Templeton on Wednesday, October the 18th, when the London Knights go back to Brantford for the first time since 1984. Last time the Knights played in Brantford, Shane Corson was on the Brantford Alexanders. Alan Bester was on the Brantford Alexanders. On defense, they had the late Brian Fogarty. They had Steve Smith, who would go on to play and win Stanley Cups with the Edmonton Oilers, former London Knight. And they also had Bob Probert on that team. Little different this time around. So we'll get to that game in just a little bit. But we're going to recap a win over Peterborough, a win over Kingston, and a loss to the Sarnia Sting. You're going to hear from Owen Wilmore, Knights goaltender, from Knights defenseman Alec Leonard. But let's dive in with just a note on Dale Hunter and his climb up the coaching ranks in the Ontario Hockey League. He was the fastest to 500 wins and is on track to be the fastest to 1,000 wins. But he is at 906. Missed a little time behind the bench after having his knee scoped, but is due to be back very, very soon. And wins that are picked up, he's still the head coach. The Ontario Hockey League confirmed those are wins that go onto his resume. So he now sits at 906 victories, one behind. Another legendary coach, Bert Templeton, and of course, Brian Kilray sits atop the coaching wins list in the Ontario Hockey League. I still remember being in Ottawa last year, and Jim Van Horn very astutely got a picture of Dale Hunter and Brian Kilray having a conversation. You could see them, but you couldn't hear what they were saying, and in a way, that's fitting. Let them have that conversation. Tell those stories. If you go back to Jim Van Horn's Twitter feed, back to January the 27th of 2023, you'll find that picture. Everybody always asks, what is it that makes Dale Hunter such a successful hockey coach? And you know what? We could sit back and we could list things for the next few hours or few days. But if you want just a glimpse, patience is an absolute key. An absolute key. If you coach anyone at any level, patience. Remember patience, especially if they're young people. But here is Dale on another aspect. The focus that he and his London Knights staff place on something you would think, oh, a coach runs that. But no, a coach learns from that. And that thing is practice. Here is Dale Hunter talking about practice. Sometimes uh, after practice, we'll go in and talk about practice. Who did well in practice, who didn't do well. And especially the young guys, then we'll go, ooh, he's turned the corner. Like, this guy is showing some speed, put our top D on their heels. So definitely, you know, you see where, oh, he might do that in the game. Or you go out and you score a bunch of goals. Like, and just the warm-ups. And you go, ooh, he's shooting better now. He's coming, he's coming. So... And uh, you can see where they're getting better, and they understand the D zone better. The old, just by overseeing it over and over again all year. By now, they're still kids; they're going to make mistakes, but now they know their own mistakes, and we don't have to correct them. You know, they'll go right back. They don't have to look at the iPad. Yeah, that was 
I should have been in that defensive position. And they don't have, we don't have to even say it. Yeah, that should have been me. <laughs> London Knights head coach Dale Hunter, who is approaching another coaching milestone. The London Knights were in Peterborough on Thursday to begin three games in three nights, their first three and three of the weekend. It is a rite of passage of junior hockey. And going back to Peterborough meant going back to the place where they had been in the OHL championship series. It was a return for Michael Simpson. He was honored before the game. Londoner, Peterborough Pete's goaltender, helped them to an OHL championship, was named playoff MVP. He was honored before the game. Great video. The Peets did this upright. And then Michael Simpson went out and stopped 40 shots against his former team. And this was an exhausting game to play. Games in Peterborough, they are different. The flow is different. It's harder to play a speed game. And Peterborough's teams are usually built for the dimensions of their arena, where you've got deep corners, square corners, they get called. But they've got big, strong defensemen who make life tough on you. They have these forwards who can just burst out of the zone at any time. And that makes things tough on your defense. And they know how to use that building. So it's a really exhausting game to play. Plus, the London Knights were playing from behind. They were down 2-1 late in the game with under four minutes left. Michael Simpson came to the bench. An extra attacker goes on. And the Knights pressed and pressed and pressed from there. And ultimately, it took until there were 16.4 seconds left on the clock before they got what they were looking for. Back out to Barkey. Barkey to Dickinson. Scores! One-timer by Sam Dickinson. And the London Knights have tied the game with 16.4 seconds left. Sam Dickinson tied the game on a feed from Denver Barkey. And I don't know if you were able to watch that goal, but you would think, wow, there's Sam Dickinson, takes a pass from Denver Barkey. Bang, bang. Game's tied. But we talked with Barkey and Sam Dickinson after the game, a game that the Knights won 3-2 in overtime on a goal by Isaiah George. And it's always interesting to hear the behind the scenes on this. And Denver Barkey pointed out that, yeah, that bang-bang play that you saw, that pass, the one-timer from Sam Dickinson, wasn't exactly the slick play that it seemed. I tried to pass it over to him, and I fanned on it, and I kind of like thought the forward was going to get there, but luckily... Dickie stepped into it and, and put it by the goalie. Did it almost help that he fanned on it? It was coming slower? I'm Almost. Like, it gave me time to really set up to it. Yeah. I could I could put some into it, but at first I thought the, the defenseman was coming out to, to get the puck, but he backed off, so I figured, you know what, like, there's 60 sec- 16 seconds left. Like, I might as well just put everything into this. And then to get the win in overtime, both of you, what what was that like? Denver? Yeah, obviously we got a, we got a power play there and um, tried to work it around. We didn't really get it done, and... Um, Peanut made a, or Sam, O'Re- Sam O'Reilly made a really unreal play coming around the net and, and finding the seam there to Isaiah George, who got a really unreal shot. So um, credit to them. Um, we couldn't get it done in overtime, so they did it for us. Was it a relief, Sam, or is this just one to celebrate? It's a bit of a relief. I think everybody knows about, you know, everybody knows about last year, so it was a game that we really wanted to win, and I don't think anybody on the team would say we, we played a very good game, but I think, you know, you can't complain at all when you come up with two points, so... In the end, it's a win, so we'll all take that. Sam Dickinson and Denver Barkey of the London Knights, and they mentioned the game winner. Similar thing to their goal, where you look at it and you think, yeah, Sam O'Reilly carries behind the Pete's net, 
spots Isaiah George, quick release, perfect shot, game over. Well, here is Sam O'Reilly because it, it wasn't even quite like that. So I first got it, guy on me, I kind of kept going around, and then I looked out front, I saw Jules there. I didn't want to force it, mess it up, turn it over, so kept going. I see Georgie coming down the wall, and then he just called the game from there. So, Did you see the puck go in, or did you hear the puck go in? Uh, both. So I kind of just freaked out, was happy, kind of get that game over with. London Knights forward Sam O'Reilly. So a 3-2 victory. Winning in Peterborough is hard. And the Knights were able to vanquish a few demons along the way and come home with a 3-2 victory. And it was a short sleep. And then what do you know? They're right back at it. And on the Friday night, the Knights hosted the Kingston Frontenacs at Budweiser Gardens. And the Knights put up their biggest offensive output of the season. They scored on their first shot. They scored on their second shot. They scored on their fifth shot. They won the game 8-1. And we were asked a few times after the game why Kingston wouldn't pull their goalie. It was a tough situation for their goaltender. His name's J.J. Saleko. It was his first OHL start. But Kingston, like the Knights, happened to be playing three games in three days. And so they had played the night before, and Mason Bakari, their other goaltender, had played, and they had won that game, and you would have set it out, and you would have known going into it, J.J. Saleko is going to play the middle game. The Knights set up their goaltending strategy the same way. Michael Simpson played on the Thursday night and on the Saturday night in Sarnia. Owen Wilmore played on the Friday night against the Kingston Frontenacs. And that's just how you set it up. So Kingston would have looked at this and, yeah, difficult night to allow eight goals in your first start. But this is kind of the way things go. And you can go back through a lot of goalies who will go through a difficult first start. Next thing you know, they become stars. And J.J. Saleko has Corey Cooper. He's a former OHL goalie as a GM and J.J. Saleko's dad, Jeff, played. So he's got all kinds of support around him. In fact, it was really interesting. Ryder Bolton and Sawyer Bolton played their first game ever together. We'll hear from them later this week on our next podcast. But they had an opportunity to play together. Two brothers, two sons of Eric Bolton now playing for the London Knights. And J.J. Saleko, being the son of Jeff Saleko, Eric Bolton and Jeff Seleko were teammates on that Mark Hunter coach team in Sarnia. Pretty wild. And there they were. And at one point, Sawyer Bolton got into the slot, open look, and J.J. Seleko made the save on him. So an interesting night from a historical perspective and in that six degrees of separation connection. The hockey world, small world. Yeah, you bet it is. So the Knights ended up with an 8-1 victory. Denver Barkey stayed so hot. He has been doing some scoring. He's now third in the OHL in scoring. He now has 10 points in his past four games. He recorded his first OHL hat trick on Saturday night in Sarnia. And so Denver Barkey is on fire as the Knights move forward to Brantford on October the 18th. In an 8-1 game, it's easy to talk about who scored the goals. Casper Haltonen had a pair of goals for the London Knights. It's rare that the winning goalie in an 8-1 game is going to get a lot of notice. But Owen Wilmore did, and for good reason. He stopped 34 of 35 shots, and Owen Wilmore was a 14th-round pick in 2020. He's got such an incredible attitude and approach to the game. 
He got into a London Knights game because of an injury to Brett Brochu in that strange 2021-2022 season. That got him noticed. Last year, he spent lots of time in the GOJHL, helped the Stratford Warriors all the way to Game 7 of the Sutherland Cup Championship Series. Leamington ended up winning the Sutherland Cup, but Owen Wilmore, big reason why Stratford was there. And Jim Van Horn had a chance to catch up with Owen Wilmore, just to talk a little bit about hockey and life. Owen, congrats on a great game uh, last night. Um, let's find out a bit about Owen Wilmore. When did you decide that uh, goaltending was for you? Um, well, back in the day when I was playing in West Lauren, you know, I didn't play a whole lot. It was like it was before um, Adam, and I, want, I wanted to play the whole game. So I was like, why do I got to change? So I ended up going in net because... I, I wanted to play. I didn't want. To, I didn't want to stay off. Right. I didn't understand the concept of changing lines and stuff like that yet. So you need a rest. Yeah, exactly. So and I ended up going out. I'm like, sweet. I get to play the whole game. I love it. I did pretty good. So that's how it started. Wow. And I mean, it's always intriguing. Everybody who's played hockey has wanted to try it. But then there's always that. Oh, those things start flying by. You. Uh, how did you handle the kind of difficulties when they began? I mean, I find that it's either you like it or you don't. It's like, I mean, I, I enjoy it, and, you know, I like that challenge. But, I mean, not everyone does, and that's the difference between goalies and players, I think. So, West Lauren, and then, of course, you played on an Elgin Middlesex team that was really, really good. Uh, tell us about that, uh, that unit, because that was uh, an interesting year for everybody. Yeah, I mean, we had a really strong team growing up, so it was a lot of fun to play with all those guys. I mean... Played with Brody Crane for a bunch of years before he went to Buffalo, which is awesome. I mean, like Hunter Haight, Brady Stonehouse, Xander Vetcha, Marcus Vandenberg, and there's a whole bunch of other great hockey players. Even Bo Gelsma was on our team for a year. Like, we had a, we had a really strong group. I think that was disrupted by, I mean, the pandemic just nailed you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were supposed to go to the OHL Cup, which would have been a lot of fun, and I think we would have done really well. Yep, won the Alliance, so... But it is what it is. Everything works out. And you guys keep in touch? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I still talk to most of the guys. Yeah, and I see a lot of them in the summer around the area, too. Oh, I don't I forgot to mention Van Steensel, too. Oh, He's right. still playing. Yeah, right. uh, and Brady Stonos had a big week, didn't he? Yeah. He signed a yeah. nice deal. He yeah, must he be happy. Oh, yeah. He was ecstatic. I was talking to him. He seems really happy. I mean, who wouldn't be? It's a great accomplishment. Absolutely. You've, you've had uh, real interesting uh, places to play. A real contrast in, in buildings. Uh, when you played in Stratford, I, I think, no, uh, for real, that's 100 years old, right? Yeah. And then you play here. Yeah. What, 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 are you, what do you like? I mean, I, I like the bigger arenas, personally. I'm a goalie, right? More time and space is a lot nicer. But, I mean, when we had uh, the Stratford barn sold out, it was it was amazing. And even the history, too. Like, it's, it's really, really cool to be able to play in that barn. And my uncles played there, too, when they won the Southern Cup. So, it was cool. It is really interesting to to know how far back it goes, isn't it? Yeah, no, it it really is crazy. It's a it's a barn for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, congrats on everything. Um, uh, your la last comment about this team and where you guys think this could go. I know. I think we can go as far as we want it to go, as long as we just keep going and put as much effort as we in it we can. Then we'll be good. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you. Jim Van Horn and Knights goaltender Owen Wilmore.
The Knights defeated the Kingston Frontenacs 8-1, and then they went to Sarnia. And that game probably says more about the Sting than it does about the London Knights. The Knights, three games and three nights, emotional week. Those are just facts. Exhausting Thursday game in Peterborough. But the Sting last year wanted to build a culture in their organization. They wanted last year to resonate forward. They made it to the Western Conference Championship Series for the first time ever. Knights beat them in six games, but they wanted to hold what it took to get there and have players start to pass that baton along. And they wanted to be a team that's going to be difficult to play against. If you look at the scouting report on so many of their players, that's what you're going to see. Hard to play against, competes, never quits. And that's exactly what they showed against the London Knights. And so the Sarnia Sting and the Kitchener Rangers, who were supposed to maybe take steps back this year, haven't really done that at the start of the season. Kitchener's been scoring a lot of goals, winning a lot of games. The Sarnia Sting have been finding ways to win with a really young team. Might not be long before Sarnia and Kitchener are back among the teams that you look at and say, you know who might win this year? That team. So credit to the Sarnia Sting for their 5-3 to three victory. Denver Barkey did have his first OHL Hat trick completed it in the third period. Halton into the back, going to the net. The puck is under Halton and edge of the crease. Scramble, Barky shoots, scores! Denver Barky completes his first hat trick, and the Knights have made it four to three. So Denver Barky third in league scoring right now, and if you look at the only players that Denver Barky is trailing in scoring at the moment, they just happen to be Adrian Misiljevic from the Kitchener Rangers and Luke Misa of Mississauga because they have 14 points and Carson Rakoff and Denver Barkey are sitting right now with identical seven goals and six assists tied for third in OHL scoring 13 points and so we'll see what happens as we move forward but that is a dynamite sign for the London Knights another player who had himself an amazingly consistent set of games. Once again, he does this. Alec Leonard leads the London Knights in plus minus, had three assists against the Kingston Frontenacs. He was a plus five in that game, but goes out and does exactly what he's asked. He plays a nice, simple game. He plays a physical game. He has an uncanny ability to step up and catch guys with body checks. And Jim Van Horn and Alec Leonard sat down to chat. Alec, uh, plus five. Is is that uh, something that a player feels really good about? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it means, you know, doing a lot offensively and doing a lot defensively as a team. So uh, the guys who I was out there with, when we were out there, we were getting it done. And obviously that's reflected in the, the end score of the game. Yeah. Which was very impressive. What's it feel like to uh, have things go your way in, in that regard? It's good. It's good. We're, on, we're getting on track for the rest of the season here. And uh, we just got to continue it going forward and keep consistent with with the winning you personally it's quite a journey isn't it uh you you came here and there's a lot of uh people fans who who love your physical play what what uh, when did you sort of get that skill of being able to uh use your body like that because i mean you're not a huge guy yeah uh since i've gone here it's gone by quick and it's been fun uh for the physical side of it i mean it's an important part of hockey it's an important part uh, aspect for some players to have on the team so you know i just try to bring something that the team needs and uh, it's definitely something that we need what's the key to um 
being physical but not getting penalties. Yeah, just being clean with it. Obviously, our coaches, they don't want uh, stupid penalties. That'll affect our team negatively. So, I mean, there's lots of ways to be physical and not get penalties. And, I mean, you can see that with my play out there, just laying clean body checks. Uh, you know, it brings a physical aspect, but also doesn't hurt the team with penalties. Technically, is it, keep it keeping your elbows in or, you know, making sure you don't make it look like you've, you know, done anything wrong? Yeah, shoulder through the chest. And when they have the puck, just, you know, clean body checks. And, you know, it can... It can be a, mean a lot in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the team, you know, right out of the gate, just has uh, what would you describe it as? This confidence or commitment to each other? What, what would you say it has? Yeah, I mean, like I, this is a really strong group we have, and we all know what we can do. Um, it just is about going out there and actually putting it together on the ice. And so far, we've been pretty good with that. And I think you know, you know, there's only up from here for the rest of the season. So, and it seems so comfortable too with the expectation. It's like nobody's phased by it. Yeah, everyone knows what they're personally capable of, and everyone knows what that group in our room's capable of. So, you know, it's a, it's a quiet confidence, and, uh, you know, I think we show that on the ice, and, and we got to continue to do that. Well, congratulations on the points, on the pl- on the big plus, and uh, keep, keep things going. Thanks a lot. Alec Leonard of the London Knights. So three games in three nights. The Knights pick up two victories, and with those two victories, as we begin the week, The London Knights in the overall OHL standings now sit second to the Mississauga Steelheads who are off to a wild 7-1 and start. This team's a year early. This team has some young players. The Mississauga Steelheads made some moves last year in trades with Sarnia and with Peterborough, and they loaded up on 16- and 17-year-olds in exchange. And those 16- and 17-year-olds are now 17-18 and and already – this club is showing, look out, watch out for us. Seven and one start. And there's a lot to like about what Mississauga is doing. They're scoring goals. They have 34 goals. And that's among the leaders. It's not tops in the OHL, but it's among the leaders. But they've only given up 16. And they're playing pretty physically. They've got 139 penalty minutes so far on the season. So watch out for the Mississauga Steelheads. Knights sit top spot. In the Western Conference going into the week, they will take on Brantford on October the 18th. That's a Wednesday. They'll come home and face the Erie Otters on October the 20th. And then they go to Saginaw. First matchup against the Saginaw Spirit. The Memorial Cup hosts in 2024 on October the 22nd in Saginaw. That's a 5.30 start time. We'll have coverage of all of the games. We have another podcast set to come out later this week. And you will hear from the Boltons. On that podcast, these guys are just fun. They bring physicality and all-out effort to everything that they do. But we'll sit down and have a talk with the Boltons on our next episode. You can follow me on socials at Stubbs980. You can follow Kyle Grimard, who is away for just a little while longer, at Kyle, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. Thanks to Jim Van Horn for all of his help this week. And we will be back later in the week with a new podcast.